All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in for another podcast episode of Sibs on Sports. This is episode number 42, where we talk about a new name change in Washington. Yes, it was announced the Commanders. Can you believe it? All the hype. Yeah, it can because it was leaked, you dumbasses. All right, anyway, about that. And then Brian Flores, his action suit against the owners' associations in the NFL. Talk about that. Our Super Bowl preview, Bengals-Rams, they made it. Talk about the game reactions of the conference championships. Also about some quarterback moves in the offseason, new coaching hires, little NBA, everything dived into this podcast episode. Now, here we go. Sibs Nation, what's going on? The boys are back. Championship weekend has come and passed. This is podcast number 42. It is Thursday, February 3rd, and there is a lot going on in the NFL, Patrick. You don't say, do you? A lot is trending, a lot going on in the NFL. (laughs) Groundhog Day just happened. A big name reveal. Everyone's going crazy here in the DMV. And what the hell is going on? I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. You cannot make some of this stuff up. I mean, there's some serious matters and just some foolery that's going down in the NFL. Thanks a lot to my franchise that's going down. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there. I lead into it. I'm, I can't help myself. Yeah, let's. Um, we're, we can jump right into it. I, I feel like every time you turn on the TV the next day, the NFL has a new breaking story, and it's something bigger, better than what it was the day before. Um, we'll get to obviously the big serious portion of the NFL news, but we have to start. You're you're a homeboy, and it's there your it team, Washington Commanders, the, coming the out. Washington with the name Commanders, two two twenty two, Washington Commanders. Hey, man. It's just a name. I've been saying it for a while. I don't care as yeah. long as they win, as we can somehow have a winning culture. It's just a name. I don't. There were so many cool options. Yes, but I will embrace anything for that. Commanders eh, feel whatever about it. But in the aspects of the buildup from the two twenty two 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 twenty two, you have two years to kind of get the name right, get this reveal going on. I just felt like they fell flat on the big reveal, like the layout. They went for Good Morning America to have this big, big reveal, yeah. and it was nothing really exciting about it. I don't know why they didn't do it in their home turf. It just uh, it was lackluster on, on their presentation aspect. I feel like social media did a good job with it, but on the reveal, it was no big surprise here. There was too many leaks early on from their own network Mm -hmm. on our home base that we saw pictures of this coming out. So we've kind of known that known that this name was going to be happening. It just uh, wasn't a big surprise, but you hate to see it. You know, if you're going to make a big hype about keeping it secretive and keeping it a surprise and having this big presentation that there wasn't a presentation, they were just sitting in chairs on good morning America saying, do you want to say it? You want to say it? We're the commanders. That's all that was happening. There was no fireworks, no flyover, no big reveal, no big touch on the past to the present. Not many players there. There was nothing. That's all it was. So, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but here we go. (laughs) You build up your hopes just to continue to fall flat. I would say this. I mean, as a billion dollar organization and franchise, you would think that the marketing and PR department would be a lot better than what they are now. Like you said, social media, they did a really good job with it, but those that are in charge of marketing the new brand, promoting the new brand, 
they boxed yes. the whole entire thing. You know, like you said, helicopters were flying over the stadium. They could see the name already posted up on the stadium. You know, things yeah. like that that they didn't take into account before they were going to do the reveal. And then to go on Good Morning America and it not even not even be rehearsed of, okay, this is not what we're going to say. This is how we're going to do it. It just seemed like they were completely unprepared after having what you said, two years to do this the right way. The name is the name yeah. and it's going to be what it is. I think winning cures all with everything. And yeah. as the new season comes about and you start hearing the name more, of course, it's going to blend in. That's just how sports work. That's how branding works and renaming and all that type of stuff. But this is, this is one of the, the highest grossing organizations in the yeah. highest grossing field of play in sports and you can't do it right. And, and an organization that's seeing this fan base that's been bleeding away and just been pulling people away with so many other things that are serious matters that are going on. The allegations about the workplace, about mm-hmm. the sexual harassment, sexually, you know, the Dan Snyder continues to find ways, the stadium being a dump, yeah. a, a absolute like legit shit coming out of the stadium on fans. Yes. <laughs> it's the way they handled the Sean Taylor presentation. Mm-hmm. That's just this, all that stuff's just this year, but this has been going on for years, decades now that he's been at the helm. So it goes from the top. I feel bad for the president that he's like the front man. He's very professional, but there was a lot of swing and misses that they did with this. The uniforms, they said they're going to stay true to the burgundy and gold. The whites, I don't know if they they stuck true to the colors. I I don't mind the uniforms. I think I kind of like cool. them. I yeah. think they'll grow. And if they're if you attach a great quarterback to it, they're going to yes. look great. So <laughs> yes. that's like I'm not, I'm okay with the black. Like that's that's fine. And I said the name's fine. Now the oh, part of the logo. I think is weak. The W, I mean, it just seems like something that you and I could have created on Microsoft Word sure. that you just make a W and that's it. Like, I feel like that, that was <laughs> not a huge reveal in the logo, but I'll get used to it. I'll get used to it. And the other last last thing that it should be the biggest swing and miss was the crest that came out that you see, like the commander sign, mm-hmm. 1932, Washington football. And on the bottom, it has the years of their Super Bowl wins. Now, we won the Super Bowl. Our 91, 1991 Super Bowl winning team won the Super Bowl. Yes. 1990, 1987 won the Super Bowl. It says on the bottom, 1988, 1992. You don't associate just because a Super Bowl takes in place February, in yep. the new year. That is not the Super Bowl winning team. No. When your banners are hung, they have the year of the team that the regular season started. When you talk about the 85 Bears, they you don't say they're not the, they're 86. the 86 Bears because they yes. won in 86. Yep. It's the 85 Bears. 1992, the Cowboys won in 92. Like, we have 92 on our logo. Yep. You don't think someone in the office, some of this team that you got together to look over things for two years, no one pointed that out? Like, us, us casual fans know that. You should know that. You should know your history. And to botch that, is unexcused it's not excusable it's unforgivable and i just think it's a big big mistake and uh to have all this time to miss on that is just shows like you're you are pulling more people away with this it's you're making hard to embrace the new change yeah i feel like they should have maybe gone to the public and gone to the fan base and you know put out questions like what do you guys think should we do this we're gonna put this on you know what i'm saying because 
it just seems the knowledge within the management of the organization is not there for whatever reason. I mean, they own the team. They work for the team. They should know mm-hmm. the history of the team, yet they continue to fail at everything that they've, they've done. And I'm yeah. sure as a fan, it's completely frustrating. Um, oh, it is. You know, and this is obviously all off the field type stuff. You know, this doesn't reflect on the players or Ron Rivera and the coaches and stuff like that. Um, there's still That's some it. talent on that team. You hope to draw some talent this off season, you know, in the free agency market and stuff like that. And you touched on it. You get a winning quarterback or you turn it into a winning franchise. And that's probably going to sweep a lot of it under the rug, but you're not going to ever overlook Daniel Snyder and how terrible of an owner that he is and all the controversy Mm -hmm. that he's brought on to the organization. And I think for some players, they just want to get that out of the way. So the focus can be on the team and what the team does on the field. Right, exactly. And you're, you said it exactly right. It's because it's the players and the coaches and the people that come in. It's not their fault that they've been dealt this. So that's what always brings us the loyalty back, at least in the small circle of, of groups of friends that I have that were like, all right, we're still going to pull for these guys because, you know, they're, they're in a no win situation here and you got to give them something to be proud of. So we'll see what happens. Then let's see. We'll see what happens. Um, But let's continue what's trending. We'll stay right there in the NFL. The big serious news shortly after the Washington commanders reveal Brian Flores going on multiple interviews Fired, obviously, by the Dolphins. A big shocker to most, I would say, NFL fans and probably coaches and players in the NFL. A um, couple of days after the firing, there was talk about, oh, maybe there's some internal issues. The relationship isn't as strong between the head coach and ownership or upper management, GM, that type of stuff. And then Brian Flores goes on a number of interviews. Two, he's finalist for two positions, which is the Texans right. and the Saints, the Saints. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um but comes out with a lawsuit against the NFL due to the right. sham interviews and the weak Rooney rule that these owners are saying they're cooperating with, but really are going about yeah. it in such a terrible manner without doing everything the proper way. Um, right. Thoughts on that. If there's anything, anyone more qualified to have a job it should be in another organization right now, it's Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. To look at just the the his winning record, first of all, all these upshots, coordinators, whatever, haven't had a head coach job yet. Flores has, and he's done it successfully with a mediocre roster at the beginning, and he didn't tank. He pulled out wins when apparently he had an incentive to lose games, yep. to, which is huge. That's, that's probably one of the biggest things that should be looked into and fully investigated because if that's tampering right there, that guy should be completely out of there. I think a lot is to be said for him for taking a stand. And while he's in the midst of being interviewed for other jobs and him trying to take this route to get action done. Yeah. I I would say this, if I'm the saints or if I'm the Houston Texans, and obviously you mean a lawsuit against the NFL He's come out. He spoke on Get Up yesterday talking about how he knows he's putting his head, his coaching future in jeopardy with coming out and doing this. But at the same time, there needs to be change. And absolutely, I agree 100 percent. There needs to be change. You can't tell me that there's not that many talented coaches out there that are, you know, diverse and have the ability to, to step up and take over a franchise. And yeah. if you have a guy that is willing to look at an owner and tell the owner, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to take your incentive-based losing 
offer. You know, that's a dis- disrespect to the game of football. It's a disrespect to the people that work inside this organization. It's a disrespect to the players, not putting your best foot forward as a head coach and putting them in the best position to win. You also have a guy that's putting his future in jeopardy and coming out and suing the NFL. That to me, I would find a better definition of leadership. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that would yeah. be someone I would say, this guy's doing all of this to get Yo. change within an, in a, in, in the NFL that has need has needed change for a very long time. If I'm the saints or if I'm the Texans and I know it's probably difficult to yeah. jump over that hire the man right now. If I were looking for a coach right now, I, I have a coach and I even coming out and just hearing him speak now, I'm like, I would take him right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys would be a fool not to have this guy leading your leading your franchise, leading your team, leading your locker room. This guy knows what he knows what he's about. He was born a coach and born a lead and do it the right way. So the fact that he doesn't have a job is just beyond me. Yeah. And this is the other thing, too, about it. I understand that Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL, but Roger Goodell This isn't a Roger Goodell issue because Roger Goodell doesn't own the NFL. 32 billionaires own the NFL. So he he works for them. He -hmm. can't go to 32 billionaires and tell them you need to hire this guy. You need to hire that. That's not the way that this works. So it's not on Roger Goodell. He's obviously come out or the NFL has come out and said they're going to look into allegations against the Miami Dolphins. I'd be interested to see if they're going to go look at the allegations into the hiring process that the Giants took with Brian Flores, Brian Dable, obviously. and then couple years ago yeah. with his interview in Denver and everything that went down with that. But change needs to be happen. And kudos yeah. to Brian and they have Flores. to take it to the courts. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if they have to go to the courts for it and, and that's exactly what they have to do. Yeah. And I, I think as every day that goes on, there's going to be more and more either coaches or former coaches that have been through similar situations that are going to step up and start speaking. Hugh Jackson spoke Hugh about Jackson it spoke about yesterday it, yeah. about his time with the Cleveland Browns and how he was being paid. He didn't say he turned it down but he got mm-hmm. bonuses to lose with a very yeah. young team. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Lewis came out uh, and said that he had a similar experience a couple years back when he went to interview for the Carolina Panthers job. So I, you can see the ripple effect start to take place. And I understand it's the mm-hmm. NFL. It's the shield. They have billions of dollars, the best lawyers in the world, that type of stuff. But this is going to cause a little bit of a dent into the shield of the NFL. And there's going to have to be some change. You can't just blackball every single person that comes out and calls you out against everything that you're doing wrong. Yeah, look at the coach. I mean, there, there has been a history here. And I know, look at the coach for the Houston that, that was given one year and mm-hmm. basically was put, put as a scapegoat as a guy that they weren't really seriously about to hire, you know, like that or have us be a long-term guy. And they let him go in a dumpster fire of a season where their quarterbacks out and all this unknown right there. They just use them as a scapegoat. Tony Dungy being let go of Tampa early, you know, Jim Caldwell, when he was in Detroit, when Detroit's winning. been a winning, winning, head coach. winning in, co- in Detroit. And we see yep. what Detroit has been its entire existence. And he's been the most winning coach. And he was on a short lease right there. Leslie Frazier, you go back and, yep. you know, there's just a number of guys that were winning or doing enough, but I feel like their leash was a lot shorter. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a big story that's not going to go away. It'll probably diminish a little bit going into next week because the Super Bowl is coming up. All that chatter is going to happen. They're going to get all the interviews and and that type of stuff. But as soon as this Super Bowl happens and Super Bowl passes, I feel like this story is just going to climb itself back into the spotlight. And Mm -hmm. this is going to continue for a while. So, right. It's sad that as a fan of the NFL, you see stories like this and it kind of makes you 
take a second and look back and be like, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of the players. I'm a big fan of the coaches, but ownership, ownership can fuck this up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They're billionaires. So with all the money in the world, you think you're above the law and let's hope something happens. I hope Brian Flores wins whatever he's trying to win, whether it's some type of a settlement. I know he's going for change. I hope to see change happen. That's the biggest thing. I think that you. I would like to see change happen, but the best, I think case scenario, I would like to see him, handling this but him back coaching too like if he could have a job somehow during this while this is going on i think that would be that would be helpful because he needs to be in the game yeah he's one of the best 32 head coaches in the nfl i'll tell you that right now you you see it with what he did with miami the last two years especially this year starting one and seven yeah so yeah let's move on from that let's go into the head coaches that did get hired in certain positions. Obviously let's start with Brian Dable, the controversy, Bill Belichick thought he was yeah. texting Brian Dable, texting mm. Brian Flores. That's how all this kind of initiated. Whoops, um, but Brian Bill. Dable from the bills, who's been a candidate over the last couple of years, had gone on a couple of interviews, didn't get the job. Now he's going to the giants. What do you think of that fit? I, um, I think the giants are did a swing and a miss. I think they should have gone with Flores. I mean, I already yeah. spoke on it earlier. I mean, yeah. I think that was the most proven to getting back to the identity when you guys were winning with Coughlin. I think Flores met the match closest to like, you know, that look at the coaches they've run through since, since, uh, since those good old years, you know, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, Joe judge, yeah. all those guys just epic fails. And these were those coordinators that they were like trying to be the next big thing. And those have not worked when you had a tenured coach that was successful in one place and bringing them in veteran knows the job. You brought him in. He did some good things like Coughlin, like like Flores. Like I thought that was just a, that that was made to be happen. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know how to get the right words out right there, but I'm not going to discredit the guy. I mean, maybe the guy who does come in here and maybe does uh, do some good things. But as of now, I'm I'm I thought they missed on this one. I think he's a fantastic offensive coordinator. He obviously had one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, that he was working with. I wouldn't say Daniel Jones is at that level. Actually, I'll tell you, Daniel Jones is not at that level. We all know that. Um, But the Giants defense has been atrocious the last couple of years. And you go and hire an offensive coordinator to be your head coach and not address your weakest part of your team in the Mm -hmm. defensive end, which. Brian Flores, a defensive head coach. Right. Um, I I agree. I, I think it's a swing and miss. No, no, you know, knock on Brian Dable as, as an offensive coordinator and things like that. And not that he can't be a successful head coach. I just don't think the market of the New York Giants is where he should be and taking on that tall task with that yeah. type of a franchise. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to watch. You get Daniel Jones, you get Saquon Barkley. You have some talent on the offensive side, although Evan Ingram, tight end, who who battles injuries in and out, but when he's on the field, he can produce free agent. I'm sure he's going to be looking elsewhere. I don't think he's looking to stay in New York. Um, yeah. So they, they got a lot of work to do. They have so much work to do. I, I, I feel like, you know, we're saying this again, and we still don't really know what we're getting out of Daniel Jones. And I think mm-hmm. I think the book's pretty much closed. He's going to be a pretty much a backup type of player. I th- I think, you know, I know he's only probably going in year five, but Saquon, you know, a exceptional talent, but, you know, injuries have gotten the best of him. So can you really rely on, can you give him that max deal? Can you go forward with him as your heads, as your cornerstone running back when that shelf life is so small? Mm-hmm. So 
it, it's tough. I, I think that they're treading water right now and, and yeah, in a losing format. I would just say that this is a, a big effect on how you draft in the NFL. And the mm-hmm. fact that you told you took Daniel Jones or Dave Gettleman took Daniel Jones when he was the GM. I feel bad for Daniel Jones, but yeah, going to the New York Giants probably ruined his opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL moving forward. I mean, he'll be the starting quarterback this year. We'll see what happens with him. But unless he changes scenery and goes to a different organization that's willing to give him a shot with a better head, you know, a a more stable organization and and an offense where he can do more. I just don't see him as one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. I really don't. I agree. I agree. So um, move on to the next one. This one to me was a little bit of a shock. I think maybe for you too, because this is where I think you had Harbaugh going and we both agreed would be a good spot. Josh McDaniels to the Las Vegas Raiders. What mm-hmm. do you feel about that one? I mean, I, I like McDaniels. Uh, McDaniels had a shot in Denver for a little, t- a little time. You know, he did okay. But um, and then he was also pulled in negotiations. He was supposed to be With a coach Colts. for yep. the Colts and then, <laughs> then pulled out on them yep. the last minute. That was kind of crazy. So I think he could do it. You know, he's been spent enough time under Belichick. And I think, you know, coming back, having that time in between to being like, all right, if I get another shot, I'm going to do things a little bit differently mm-hmm. this way. Um, going in with a great quarterback. I think I think Derek Hart is a great quarterback and a playoff team. You know, they have some good yeah. pieces there. I think that's a good fit. I think McDaniels is a good offensive mind. Um, if they get the defense going, I think that that's probably a good good uh, hit. Touching on Harbaugh, though, I I did say Raiders, but I did also say Vikings, which was true. You know, getting a lot of steam. We can touch on that, but Vikings was mentioned in there for landing spot for Harbaugh. Yeah, no, you you were spot on with both of those. This one just shocked me because I always saw Josh McDaniels as the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. I thought right. when he pulled out of the Colts um, head coaching position. That's because he was told, stay here, when Bill moves on, you take the step up and you're the head coach and you will take over the Patriots organization. So that one kind of shocked me. I guess that storyline didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. Um, I like Josh McDaniels. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. Obviously, he's worked with Tom Brady, and then he did a pretty darn good job with Mac Jones in his rookie year. So I think that benefits... Derek Carr moving forward as long as they want to keep him as the Raiders quarterback and there's not really any chatter of moving him anyway so I think that could be a really good fit I don't know if that's a necessary upgrade from Rich Basaccia who was within the team and the organization who the players have come out publicly and spoke about now that Josh McDaniels has been hired that they loved him and that type of stuff so that'll be a different transition period so it's going to take a lot of work from Josh McDaniels to get that locker room to buy into him like they did Rich Passaccia after the season they had right Um, but they do have the talent he's a fantastic offensive mind I'm sure he can do a little bit more with Derek Carr than Rich did because he took it over in the middle of the season um but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll Hopefully see. he approaches this opportunity different than he did in Denver, because then I think yeah. it'll be more long term for him. Uh, moving down to the Broncos, they take on uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator. Now, who exactly? <laughs> this who? isn't so much about who the Broncos hired as to me, as much as it is how many coaches on the Packers offensive staff that have yeah. now left the team. That's right. That's right. Farewell song. 
Farewell song, leaving. which then leads into the questions of, okay, now what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Because his offensive coordinator is gone, his quarterback coach is gone, and the tight end coach is now gone. Well, and also the landing spot for Rodgers in the offseason, Denver, Vegas moved up increasingly mm-hmm. to Denver. Like, I mean, the odds are if he's going to move somewhere, I think that's the most suitable sure. spot destination. And not only that with the pieces, but now adding – his coordinator, he didn't do all the play calling, but he already has a rapport with. And if yeah. you're going to be with starting a new spot, uh, you feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, knowing the same offensive style that you're going to run. Yeah. So um, I think let's... that's the most I take out of it. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't really well, that's know. What I was saying. It's much. not so much about them hiring Nathaniel Hackett as it yeah. is the ripple effect of the green Bay Packers and coaches leaving. And what now, what's that mean for Aaron Rodgers? And Denver is probably like, we're just, I don't even know if we yeah. really trust in this as the coach, but if this lands us Rodgers, yep. hell yeah, come on. Welcome, you, welcome you, to Denver. You get Rodgers with that run game. If Melvin Gordon decides to stay with Javante Williams, maybe yeah. add another wide receiver on the outside. I mean, no offense, a pretty solid tight end. Jerry Judy's great. He was injured, but I think yep. you need one more complimentary wide receiver. They could be a problem. Corlin Sutton, if he could stay healthy, you know, yep. KJ Hamler. So we'll see. Um, last spot that's filled, Chicago Bears. This is no disrespect <laughs> to Matt Eberfluss, but who? Who? Who did who? they hire? I oh get it. Oh, my God. Colts defensive coordinator. Colts were a really good team. I'm just going to say this. You hire the Colts defensive coordinator shortly after all they had to do was beat the two-win Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> And the Jaguars put up 27 points on that defense in a must-win game to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that decision. I'm not sure. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I know they 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 have a new GM. They have a new – like that. So, they're trying to get back at it. But I have very little confidence going forward, if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, about the direction that we're heading. Yeah, and I don't – I mean, a defensive coordinator when you drafted Justin Fields. So I don't see how that benefits him and helps him in his growth in his second year of the NFL. Um, Nope. I feel bad for the Bears fans. Sorry, Willie T. I don't understand this hire. Hopefully we're wrong by this and we miss and they go off. I mean, last year we talked about the hiring of – what's his name in Philly? Um, Yeah. Nick, Nick, I forget his Nick, last name, Nick but Sirianni, Nick Sir, yeah, Sirianni, and Sirianni, yeah. we didn't think that that was a great hire, and they looked pretty decent they, towards the end of the year. So they're we'll a playoff see. team, yeah. Maybe we're a big miss, but right now, I don't know. Right now, right, this is what it feels like. Exactly, <laughs> it feels a little bit like that. <laughs> um, but let's say we're going to continue with what's trending. There's a lot open positions in the head coach: Jacksonville Jaguars, oh. Minnesota Vikings, Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, New Orleans Saints. If you, Sean Payton's out. By the way, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, Sean Payton's gone. By the way, Sean Payton's out. He'll be the Cowboys head coach next year. Um, yeah. What's your best landing spot for any? coach that's available that's being interviewed where would you want to go if you had that opportunity you said jags you said saints you said tampa no no tampa's not bruce aarons is still there as of now as of now (laughs) jags saints vikings texans dolphins Ooh, i would say the vikings you know i know you're worried about cousins and you know but i think they have attractive pieces Right there. And the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins and the Vikings are probably the most attractive landing spots. If I'm a top notch coach higher right now. Well, I would ask you this. 
with the controversy going on with the Dolphins and the owner, if you're a Byron Leftwich, right, is that somewhere that you want to go to for another interview or or Leslie Flazier, who's out there potentially getting interviews, things like that? Is that somewhere you would want to go to interview now? To Miami? Probably not. I probably not. But I think you're, you know, you're limited. You you only sure. have so many, so many, uh, you know, shots. Opportunities. Yeah. Opportunities. I'm sorry. That's the right word I was looking for. Opportunities. So I mean, you probably take the chance, but I wouldn't, you know, I'm going out for seeing what Flores said. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably agree with you. I think Vikings is, is the most solid spot to go to. I know. Again, it's as a Niner fan, Kirk Cousins is a little like a Jimmy G. I'd say Kirk Cousins is a step up in the passing game because he can actually push the ball downfield. He puts up stats. He just right. can't win those big games. But you know he's going to be able to throw the ball. You know Justin Jefferson's there. You know Adam Thielen's there, and you got Dalvin Cook. So right. if I'm looking for a head coaching spot, that might be where I feel like I would be best suited. Sure. Um, Jags, who knows? Texans, who knows? Dolphins, ownership issues, Saints. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's a or, lot of I question mean, marks. You come in Jaguars. You, you at least know you have a franchise quarterback, at mm-hmm. least right there that you drafted and you're given that time to help hopefully develop him. So yeah. your offensive guy, you might want to go there. You, you got to get a time, quarterback minded time. coach yeah, yeah, to go work with Trevor Lawrence because that season. And I know there's a lot of issues and, you know, but he, he did not look fantastic. So. We'll see going into year two, but it'll be fun to watch, you know, these these openings and how they're going to feel the controversy with the lawsuit, that type of stuff. But there's a lot going on in the NFL. Um, Let's jump to the recap championship weekend, man. Yeah, two really good games. No blowouts, although we thought Chiefs were going to blow out the Bengals in the first half. Boy, did that swing. Man, congrats to the Rams and the Bengals, man. Our Super Bowl, Super Bowl coming down to the Rams and the Bengals. Both of us wrong. Went 0-2 for that. 0-2. Sorry about it. So the Bengals fans, sorry about it to the Rams fans. James Quick, all our all our homies there. But uh, hey, they were good games, and you know, they're I think the right teams probably prevailed. You know, they 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 got it done. So yeah, here we go. You want to start with it? Yeah, let's start with Bengals Chiefs. I mean, Bengals, you field goal and OT to win it. Chiefs got the coin flip in OT. Didn't this is, didn't turn out like it did against the Bills the week prior. No. Nope. Um, so all the all those people saying a coin flip decides overtime. You guys can sit back and shut up a, a week little span, bit. I mean, it changed. I yeah. Think so. Yep. I, I right. You know. But I think this game. This, I still can't get over this game. This game was a tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. Chiefs could do anything they wanted in the first half. They and the Cincinnati Bengals defense could not stop a nosebleed. They went down. They almost scored. Mahomes almost had four touchdowns throws in the first half. It just yeah. if they did would have took some points there and been a little bit smart, maybe they would have got the win. And then the second half was the complete opposite. The Bengals made adjustments and Mahomes looked lost. lost. Looked like he could not throw the ball or complete anything or get anything moving. It was just the complete opposite of what we saw in both halves. So kudos to Joey B and the Bengals for not giving up for still put to four because there are so many signs in that game to look like, man, this game is over. Should we even watch the second half? Yeah. And hell dude, that, this, that guy does not quit. He stays cool as the other side of the pillow. And uh, you know, some coaching decisions right there, but it's crazy. I mean, four four years as a starter, four years in the championship game. This was the first time you ever see Mahomes fold in the second half. 
when yeah. they had a lead to go to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. That to me was the biggest shocker. And I know in the beginning of the season, they did not look great. And everyone was like, all right, you know, this is the time where the Chiefs kind of hit the bumps in the road and that type right. of stuff. And then they went on that win streak and it was like, nope, just kidding. The Chiefs found their groove. But I wonder if how they started in the beginning of the season is a tale of what happened in that second half and how they just weren't able to close it down. I would say this kudos to the Cincinnati offensive line. They just yep. came off a game against the Tennessee Titans where they had nine. They gave up nine sacks to Joe Burrow. Still right. somehow won that game, but yep. gave up those nine sacks. And in this game, they gave up one. Yep. One sack to the Chiefs defensive front. So you said it too. It, a game of adjustments, a, coaches and how valuable they are to their team. Whatever they did at halftime and the way they came out completely changed the outcome of the game. And obviously you can see that because the Bengals pulled it out. Yep. Absolutely. They they came huge and like that adversity that play, making those plays in overtime too. And you know, you can I think more I, I want to give the props to Cincinnati, but I think the Chiefs lost it though. The Chiefs mm-hmm. lost it by at the end of the game, the running down letting the clock roll down while not getting in and then taking that big sack where it looked like they were just gonna score a touchdown to win, a walk-off score and win, and then they got the ball in overtime. And their misplay at the beginning of the first half, like those were all opportunities that they failed on. So I just feel like that you guys lost that, you know, like that's that's on you. You guys have to live with that the whole offseason. And you have, and you wonder if that carries over into the next season of of the doubt of sure. the, you know, on their faces. Like we we had this all lined up and we choked. And if we continue to keep choking, then things will get a little nutty. Well, and I'm going to touch the greediness of not kicking a field goal at the end mm-hmm. of the first half, trying to score and being shut down at the goal line. I know you got the ball to start the third quarter, so you were like, oh, if we don't put up points, it's fine. You kick a field goal right there, you win right. that game. Right. Because yeah. it doesn't go to overtime. If but you, you were it, yeah. greedy and you were trying to get another touchdown, they stop you with no time left on the clock. You get the ball back. You don't do anything on that first drive, and then Bengals start to turn the game around. You kick a field goal, you're up 20 points. In the first half, you're that's up. That's a 20. big deficit with two you're quarters left to 20 play. Twenty points, you know, that's yeah. just crazy. So it's they have to they have a long off season to think they about do. that. But, long off season with not. But making those it Mahomes, but now, but now we can look at those Mahomes talks now and just settle down a little bit, a little about you know, because I mean he he was doing amazing things and getting to four AFC championships in four seasons is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. But this loss is on him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm riding with you on that one. Uh, second game, Rams 20, Niners 17. As a Niner fan, we when we were in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, we had a 10-point lead. Yeah. Going into the second half, we lost that. Yes. In this game, we had a 10-point lead, yep. and we ended up losing that. Yep. Now, this isn't the Niners losing the game. To me, this is more the Rams winning this game. Right. Um, but this is a this is the Jimmy G conversation that's being had and, you know, why they moved up to get Trey Lance and how Jimmy G's not their guy. Because in the time when you need to increase that lead and the moments when you need to make those big plays, pick up those third downs to burn clock and things like that, yeah. he's not able to do it. Now, the Niners right. are a rush team first, and we know that they ran for 50 yards. This was the third matchup against the Rams. And if you're a Rams starting defender, you were coming into this game and saying, I don't care what happens. They're not going to run the ball. 
and right. their game plan was perfect. We could not mm-hmm. run the ball, which affects opening up the pass game. So you got to yeah. have a quarterback that can stand there and, and find those quick passes, pick up those first downs. And he just wasn't able to do it. And, and I, this is why that transition period for, for the Niners and moving on from Jimmy G and all that took place going into the draft this year. And I think it showed in this game of why that made that decision. Yes. The other thing too, is we just, we couldn't get pressure and the Niners D we had two sacks previous three games. We had five sacks in all of those games. Um, but kudos to Matt Stafford, huge yes. Matt Stafford fan coming yep. from Detroit, mm-hmm. you know, Rams buying all in to win, go to the Super Bowl and win it this year. Super Bowl yep. in their own stadium. Kudos to OBJ showing up in a big yep. game like this that he's never really got to take part in. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how Cooper Cup isn't the MVP. If you, if you count, which you don't, but if you look into the playoffs for voting of MVP, the dude is unstoppable. <laughs> you know unstoppable. he's getting the ball and he still can't be stopped. He so impressive stopped. by the Rams and kudos to them. It's every single game. Yeah, kudos to Matt Stafford. I don't think there's any quarterback going into the playoffs that had more pressure to win and get to a Super Bowl than him. And yeah. that, maybe Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, the pressure was on Stafford because they they got there with golf and they went out and swung two first-round picks for him like he was supposed to get this done. And he did it. And he did it. And he played a pretty mistake-free game. Yeah. I was, you know, and uh, – it's awesome to see. And, you know, when if they went all in on this and this is exactly like what you wanted to see is that those guys, those that you went out and got Von Miller, OBJ, all them contributing and making key plays to get yourself to a Lombardi trophy. So kudos to the Rams. They're going to be very, very tough to beat, even for Joe Burrow. I know Joe Burrow knocked off Kansas City, which was probably the favorite, but. The Rams team believe they have belief now. All their stars are contributing. They're they at have home. many. They have many <laughs> ways they can win. They're at home, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say this though: the, the first reaction when it was finalized is Rams. Rams front four going to get pressure. This isn't even going to be a game. I don't know about that. That's really? yeah. Cincinnati For offensive Bengals? line. Yeah, gave up one sack. I know the Niners, I would say their offensive line is a little bit better than Bengals' offensive line. Yes, the Rams were getting pressure on the defensive front and getting to Jimmy G and causing issues, but the Niners didn't give up a single sack in that game. So I I think there is hope for the Bengals. I'm going to say hope because I think there's a lot more hope than what people are giving them credit for. But yeah, the Rams are at home. They got the momentum. They went all out. I said it too. If they didn't make it to the Super Bowl with everything that they did and not having any future first round draft picks, how much heat really sits on McVeigh after this season? Mm-hmm. I think that heat's moved off of McVeigh after this season yeah, oh, because yeah. of that win. You know, it's it's crazy what one big win like this can do for you. Yeah. Um, but kudos to the Rams, kudos to the Bengals. We I think said it's the gonna most be phys- a good good super. We said Bowl. the most physical team would win and kudos i mean the the niners had been the most physical in games past but the rams definitely especially the way they adjusted in the second in the fourth quarter yep. alone the way aaron donald got the whole defense together and ever since that moment they that were just it. yeah no sacks but they were pressuring a lot and enough where jimmy g's passing game was just a short throw at the line of scrimmage bubble yeah. screen kind of passing game you know like he didn't really have time to set up downfield and Shanahan didn't want that either. They don't want him throwing down the field. So they, they don't it want worked him in the Rams favor. Yeah. I mean that 
it, they're one of the best defensive teams for a reason. And they stepped up and they controlled the entire second half and all the trenches and they were the more physical team. So yeah. Good for the Rams, even though you're in our division. Good <laughs> to you guys. You get to play at home. And that's back-to-back Super Bowls where one of the yeah. teams is playing at home. So I know. That's, so who that's hosts next cool. year? Who hosts next year? Uh, isn't it not Las Vegas? Is it Vegas? Because they were oh. supposed to host it. Weren't they supposed to host it either this year or previous year? And for some reason, it, it didn't happen because of COVID or something like that. So they have the Pro Bowl this year. But then I thought right. 2022 was Vegas. Well, Maryland Sportsbook just opened. So I'm going to go put at least like 20 bucks on the on the Raiders being in the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> just as he looked at it. And like that. And then yeah. we're hit, you know? Let's I'm go. Look. Super Bowl was at 57. Yes. The Super Bowl 57 <laughs> location is. Legion Stadium. Glendale, Arizona. Oh, it's Arizona. Wrong. Yeah. Arizona. All right. Dang. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. Hey, figure I it was, out, boys. All right, then I'm putting 20 on them as well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, let's just get it. Let's get into the Super Bowl matchup, a little preview, look at it. Um, okay. Where do you find a better matchup for the Bengals against that defense? What do you look at Rams offense going against the Bengals defense? I mean, obviously the early fills are Rams are favorites in this game. Um, rightfully yeah. so they are at home. Yeah. But Joe cool, man. Jamar Joe Chase, cool. Joe Higgins, cool. like T Higgins. Yep. All coming up big, all playing parts. I think Lem losing Uzama's a little big too. Mm-hmm. I know that both both Super Bowl teams lost their tight end, Higby and Uzama. Mm-hmm. Both of them look like they're not going to be able to play. Um, I think they both are pretty much a wash. Like They're pretty even at running game, too, between Joe Mixon and K-Makers. I think that they're pretty evenly balanced right there. I think the edge, you know, I think they're pretty even in, in the passing game. You know, yeah. I mean, I think maybe better weapons all collectively with the Bengals, but – I don't know. I mean, you, you see OBJ is doing great things, Jefferson, and then Cooper Cup. No one can stop your MVP of the league right there. So pretty much a wash at there. Quarterback right there, Matt Stafford. And this is a new area for Joey B. Yeah. I mean, Joey B is Joey B is a gamer, man. He's, a, he's not <laughs> he really scared. Is. He is not scared. He said he beat the second best AFC team twice in January, meaning the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's not scared of being an underdog, and he doesn't feel like he's an underdog. So the team does not feel like they're an underdog. No. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think it's going to be good. I think I'm going to give the defensive edge to the Rams, obviously, to, for Absolutely. what they've done, what they've done in the playoffs and who they have. I like what the Bengals did to the Chiefs, but I'm going to give the edge. And I might give the coaching edge, even though he's 3-0 and for Zach Taylor, I'm going to give the coaching edge to McVay because he's been to the Super Bowl before, and I think he'll have a good scheme under what to do so i'm leaning we're not giving our game picks yet but i'm leaning rams early on but joey b is damn fun to root for isn't yeah. he a lot can change over the next week um i i would say i, I think this is going to be a high passing game i don't see a ton of run a because mcveigh just doesn't really commit to the run i yeah. know joe mixon has had a really good season but outside of joe mixon samaj ap ryan's their third down back he's more of a passing down back you saw what yeah. that defensive front just did to the Niners, who was the best rush team left in the playoffs. Um, so I don't know how much Cincinnati is going to be able to do on the ground. But mm. yeah, you got Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd, and then on the other side, Cooper Cup, OBJ. 
Van Jefferson, but you know, he's got some drop issues and he's, he is a little hobbled. He does have two weeks to kind of heal up and, and, and get a hundred percent, but I see a lot of pass in this um, Rams at home with the defensive front. Obviously you want to give the edge to them, but I, yeah. you can't count off the Bengals and what they've done this year. And I, everyone looks at them at the other dog, but when they look in the mirror, they look at themselves and they're like, we're supposed to be here. This, yeah. this is we're we're the best team. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think this game is going to be a lot closer and more competitive than what people are saying. And I'm no, no. not counting out the Bengals right now at all. No, I think it's going to be hella competitive. I don't see a yeah. blowout happen either way, either no. side. So it's going to be and great. indoors, weather's not going to have an effect, anything like that. Perfect conditions. So yeah, this is a good Super Bowl. Good matchup. It'll be a good one. Be a good one. Uh, Pat Daddy, before we close it out, let's uh, let's Tom Brady a little bit Tom on Brady, Tom Brady man. and his Tom Brady retirement. Officially retired. I mean, we called it a little bit on our last one. We felt this was uh, this was going down and little misdirection here with Schefter reporting a little early and then maybe he's not. I was like, oh no, is this going to be another Favre situation kind of thing? Yeah. But but uh, I mean, TV what? What else? The accolades are there, but the game, the end of it era is truly happening with uh these quarterbacks that we've all grown up, at least you and I grew up yep. watching and uh, he just passed that in the torch. So. Now officially yeah. retired. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you said it, we called it. We, we thought it was going to kind of lean this way. When you saw him play that last game, the way he was able to bring his team back, but not pull it out, I right. think gave him the comfort of knowing I, you know, I've done all I can do in the NFL yeah, and, and, and we said, too, along with, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with the coaching staff and some of the key skill players that potentially could be moving on and stuff like that. That's a lot for him to come back to and or one more year with a different team. I, I just think that's too much for him at this point in his career at his age. They didn't yeah. pull it out. He won it last year, his seventh ring. I don't think there's going to be another quarterback in our lifetime that's going to win seven rings. No. Um, and they wanted it home. So yeah. what, what more does he need to do f- for his legacy? You know, he doesn't I do think to. it's very interesting. And this is a lot of conversation, especially well, if you're a Pats fan. That's that it. In Here his we go. announcement, there was not one single mention of the New England Patriots or the Patriots franchise or I Patriots know. fans. Now, there is a report that he's going to come sign a one day contract and retire a Patriot. Will he you though? come out and make your official statement from yourself? and not mention the 20 plus years and six championships and the fan base that rooted for you during all of that time. Yeah. People are feeling a certain way right now. I know. And not, and not only that, it was like a five page, like six paragraph Instagram kind of thing. Swipe, like, yeah. it, it keep swiping. So like he wrote enough out there, like he, it should have definitely crossed his mind. So was it methodical that with this all part of the process of him intentionally not to do it? Yeah, you got to think it might have been, you know, yeah. and then now Belichick has came out giving his praise to Tom that just recently happened yesterday that he gave a big, long thing to Tom was the greatest ever. And his time coaching with Tim was the best of his years, too. So, I mean, I think that they are going to come together somehow, some way, but it is interesting. And I know Pat's fans were feeling some way about it. Yeah, How I about president. Ironic that Bill comes out. Um to try to get the text message situation under the bus so he can talk about Tom Brady and quiet, quiet that narrative down. But Brady retires, which means there's an open vacancy in Tampa for the quarterback Mm. position. Quarterbacks will be on the move. We, we think some, we know Aaron Rodgers, 
potentially Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Awesome. We both agree will play in the NFL next year. Yeah. And then Jimmy, Jimmy G. G which, Jimmy G is basically out in San Fran. He's basically they've, they've already you have 49ers representatives and Jimmy G's agents already discussing a potential landing spot. Um, yeah. I think they're going to treat him right the way that his how professional he was with the situation he was put in this year with Trey Lance behind him um, and how he handled that. I think the organization is going to do the same thing for him and put him in a spot with a team that may be interested that can continue to get him in a spot where they can compete for a championship. I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he'll go to a Houston Texan or something like that. I think he's going to go to a team that has weapons and just needs that one step up. Yeah, to maybe make it into the playoffs and be more competitive, but who knows? It, it is a business, though. So it is mean, a business. But if Houston Texans are offering him like something crazy, you're like, okay, well, it is a business, and he does have one year left at twenty-seven and a half million dollars. So someone's yeah. gonna have to take on that payment. Right. Exactly. And will he be a commander? <laughs> will he be a commander? <laughs> oh no! Well, we talked know. about Aaron Rodgers, and obviously the the favorite right now, just because of the attachments from Green Bay moving over there, Denver Broncos. Um, yeah. I've been adamant about Russell Wilson maybe going to the Steelers. I just like that combination with with Mike Tomlin. Um, mm-hmm. But Deshaun Watson is a Deshaun Watson is a huge wild card in this because you yes. don't know where he's going to go. Obviously, a lot of open quarterback organizations are going to be looking for him. Maybe yeah. at Tampa Bay because he's still young and that's a long-term situation. Right. Yeah. Um, and then obviously who knows what happens with Jimmy G. But I think this might be one of the most wild off seasons, free agency wild wise, big name quarterback wise that we've yep. seen in yeah. a while. Yeah. And what I would think about is there's huge names of quarterbacks that could be on the move potentially when you put out Rodgers, when you put out Russ Wilson and you put out Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Now all the teams that are getting mentioned in our our AFC Steelers Broncos. Think about how lackluster the quarterback situation is in the NFC conference after this year with Brady being gone. Who's there besides the Rams and Stafford Tyler in Arizona. Like if you, why would you, go to the AFC where it's going to be a battle to get to a Super Bowl when you have to go through Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you have to go through Joe Burrow. Now you have to go through a young Herbert. You have to go through a Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. You have to go through like there's so many (laughs) quarterbacks there that aren't going anywhere anytime Mm -hmm. soon. And I, I get it. That might be, you know, Aaron Rodgers is that good. And Russ Wilson is that good. That can elevate. But if you go in the NFC, your path is so much easier right now. Big difference. It's just a big difference. So I would say Tampa Bay might land one of these big name guys because why wouldn't you want to just go there with some of those weapons already? And yeah, they're going to probably have to shuffle some things around. Yeah, but but you bring in an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and some players are like, Send me to Tampa. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, look, at the Saints, they don't really have a coach yet, but maybe the Saints can get some things going. Like it, you, maybe if you go there, people will come kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is why I, I caused the pause for Rogers going to Denver because he's going into t- to a division with yes. Mahomes and Herbert. And yeah. if he only has a number of years left to try to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, that is a tough division to go through to try to get there. So I know the attachment to Green Bay and all of that stuff going to Denver. I just mm-hmm. wonder in his mind, 
is it really yeah. do I want to take on that challenge with those two top quarterbacks? And obviously he can compete at that level, but yeah, it's just a, like you said in the AFC, it's a bigger struggle, a, a tougher path to get to the Super Bowl than it would be the NFC. Yeah, Rodgers' landing spots only make sense as Denver and Steelers for me. I just don't know. If, I don't. I don't see him going anywhere else unless there's a sleeper team somewhere out of nowhere that comes in. Because I don't think he would go to Tampa though too. After Tom, like they talk about pressure though too, because Tom just went there late yeah. in his career with two years and was able to get it done. And Rodgers hasn't been able to get it done in the postseason, so that that would be pressure to go even to Tampa. And I'm going to say I said a couple of weeks back that my uncle mentioned Rodgers going to the Niners. Niners. Yeah, but maybe they're going to work on contract extensions for Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel this offseason. So where yes. are you going to come up with 40 something million dollars to pay Aaron Rodgers for the next two years? No, you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah. lot that goes into making that deal. And I understand when you've invested in Trey Lance, then you've given up. Exactly. You know, and yeah. I know he's on a rookie contract and one more year sitting will only, elev- you know, make him better. But that's a big financial investment. And long term, I'd rather have Bosa for another five years and Debo for another five years than Rogers for two or three years. You know right. what I mean? So exactly. Who knows, man? But who knows? It's we'll, going to be we'll really fun to watch. Season. Yeah. We'll have a lot to talk about in the offseason. Yeah. Quarterback moves. Um, all right, Pat, Daddy, you got anything else you want to throw into this pod? Can I be okay. petty for one second? Go for it. Yeah. All right. We haven't talked about NBA at all for a long time. All right. Here we go. The two teams that everyone picked to go to the NBA finals, the Nets and the Lakers. Just want to yep. just for all those fans out there, Lakers are in the ninth seed at 25 and 27. Yes. Two games under 500. The Nets 17 are? games out of first place. The Lakers. The Lakers are. The Nets are in the sixth seed. 29 and 22, three and a half games out of first on a six game losing streak with Kyrie and James Harden. I know. Just saying, man. It's not good. It's not not good. good. I know KD's out and it's different when KD's there, but when KD's back, you still only have a part time Kyrie. Yeah. So So trade deadline's coming. Trade deadline's coming. There's going to be some movers and shakers going on there. But that's all I got on NBA. They're like your Warriors over the Suns. Uh, no, not right now. Not the way the Suns are playing. This is their second 10 plus game win streak. I think this season, um, yeah. I just, I love my warriors and Clay's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. He's not playing back to backs, things like that. Draymond is still injured. Hasn't played, but the Suns just, they, they just look unbeatable. I'm just going to say it right here. They're rolling. They're, they're rolling, rolling, man. So, and you know what? Kudos to them. Good for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, big fans of them. Yeah. Uh, Monty Williams, great head coach. So yeah. uh, you like to see it, you know, I'd like to see it, but when we Most get closer exciting. to the playoffs, I hope it's a little bit closer in the standings. <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a series. I hell yeah. To see that seven game series there. Yeah. Who's going to get the home court in that one? Well, we'll see. We'll but see, uh, man. I think the most exciting player in the league by far is John Morant right now. Absolutely. What John Morant is doing is ascending to a superstar level. And what he's doing with that Memphis right now. Oh yeah. And he's, he's, he's damn fun to watch. So he's the torch may be passed to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Rightfully so. So good for Memphis, you know, putting putting them on the market and they're looking, they're looking pretty, pretty fire. Hey, Memphis getting the number two pick. Sorry, Zion. I mean, yeah. that's, are we seeing the Greg Oden all over again, taking number one and then, you know, just never really being able to play? Never panning out. 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's so early in his career, but if you can't be on the court, man, what, yeah. what's your value? You know, yeah, it, that's it hurts. Tough. And it's, I hate to say it, but it's, it's similar to AD that just injury prone players and how mm-hmm. that kind of defines their careers. Right. You know, right. you hate yeah. to see it cause you want to see Zion on the court, but it could happen. I can't remember last time we were on the court, you know, it's yeah. been so long. So, so, all right, Sis Nation. But please staying in shape. Uh, not <laughs> by the picks. Not by the picks <laughs> at all. Um, all right, Sibs Nation. That does close out episode 42 of the Sibs on Sports Podcast. We thank you guys so much for listening. We're gonna try to get some guests on next week for our, our mini Super Bowl pod due to work schedules. It's not gonna be as big as last year's, but uh right. if you are interested and you want to come on for a quick little take on the Super Bowl and give us your pick. Just shoot us a message, send us a yeah. DM, drop a comment, um, and we'll schedule that with you guys next week, and we'll get the Super Bowl podcast going. Super Bowl podcast coming right back at you guys. Happy drinks. Peace. Peace.